The State University of New York's College of Environmental Science and Forestry hopes to spread genetically engineered chestnut trees in the wild. First, they must gain approval from the USDA. Dr. Rachel Smolker, who has a PhD in biology, opposes the plan. Smolker is concerned with the dangers of introducing GE chestnuts into the wild. She also believes that approval of GE chestnuts would advance plans for corporate GE tree plantations, which will result in the loss of natural forest ecosystems. Systems. Dr. Smolker is the co-director of Biofuel Watch. I'm Rachel Smolker. Um, I live in Vermont. I'm co-director of um, Biofuel Watch. And I also have a background in biology. I got a PhD in biology from the University of Michigan and spent a lot of years as a as a field biologist. So, what brings you to the uh, GE chestnut debate? Well, initially, um, my interest in this came because of um, the fact that so much of the research on genetically engineered trees is focused on developing trees that can be used for bioenergy applications, either you know low lignin or high lignin, depending on the on the process, or even just you know plantation trees that are that can be grown well in in industrial plantations for producing more more uh, biomass. Um, and that's where most of the research on GE trees is, is, is going. It's not really about, you know, ecological restoration. It's about um, industrial and commercial applications. So do you see this as a part of a larger project, a larger concern? Well, I mean, in terms of larger concern, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, using biotechnology for, you know, species protection and restoration um, and and for um, medical research and for other applications that would be considered more philanthropic. Um, but I think that debate is a debate and, um, you know, maybe there are, um, you know, some applications that people would feel comfortable with and others that they wouldn't. But it's, it's, um, it needs to be put in the context of, um, how, you know, what are realistic solutions to these problems and whether biotechnology applications are even realistic or whether they're just being used as a um, sort of a smokescreen for the biotech industry. So they can win public, you know, win public opinion in the case of the chestnut by using an iconic, much beloved tree species to, you know, win over people's, you know, desire to see this species re restored into the forests when underlying that is a lot of interest in, as I said, commercial and industrial applications of GE trees. And it's they have were very explicit about using this strategy of um, you know, appealing to the public and overwhelming uh, public opposition to the idea of genetically engineered trees by focusing on on a quote philanthropic uh, interest. This uh, GE uh, chestnut uh, program uh, claims to be restorative. Uh, what do you think about uh, the GE chestnut as a tool for restoration? Well, I mean, I think it's it's very misleading to present it that way. Um, and it's, as I said, I think it, there was a very deliberate plan to try to use this to win over public opinion. And it is really misleading. I mean, the, the idea is presented that, oh, we've just inserted a wheat gene, you know, wheat like 
toast, you eat toast every day, it's so benign, and it's, you know, really no, there's no problem with this. And it's going to lead to the restoration of the species in the forest, which is simply misleading uh, to the extreme, because... I mean, one thing is, if you look at research on uh, on attempts to overcome uh, using genetic engineering to overcome fungal pathogens on commercially valuable crops, you see that there's been very, very little success. Uh, last I looked, there was one potato that had been introduced in commercial commercially available uh, that had resistance to a, a fungal pathogen engineered into it. And the reason for that is that fungi are very wily beings. They can easily find their way around um, mechanisms that plants uh, and other animals, you know, develop in order to be resistant to them. Uh, so there's, so keeping any kind of a stable resistance is, is really difficult. So that's one reason why I think, you know, this idea that, oh, we've just inserted this one little wheat gene. Most fungal, fungal pathogen resistance, most plant resistance involves many, many genes, complex interactions between genes, not just uh, inserting a wheat gene and voila, everything's going to be fine. And voila, it'll be stable over time. That's very misleading uh, when you look at the research on, on plant, you know, um, plant resistance to pathogens. So that's one reason that I find it really misleading. Another reason is that in the context of the American chestnut, there's another pathogen, uh, Phytophthora cinnamoni, which has been uh, it was actually wiping out the American chestnut in its southern part of its uh, of its range even before the blight was introduced. And that pathogen is it's a horrible pathogen, and it's spread around the globe, and it's lethal to American chestnut. And you know Powell and his crew they know that uh, that introducing a chestnut that has you know purportedly resistance to the blight is not going to be enough to restore it because they will then be faced with Phytophthora, which is um, also spread all the way up into Canada at this point. So, you know, they're trying to figure out ways to, um, you know, use hybridization or potentially stack genetic engineered traits into uh, American chestnut to deal with the additional threat of Phytophthora. But, you know, this is not like what the public is hearing. The public is seeing, you know, oh, it's just like eating a piece of toast and this beloved tree will be back. And, you know, you see publications about, um, oh, they're going to restore the American chestnut and this biotech project and the GE trees will allow us to do that. And you see public responses to that where people are so enthusiastic because they don't know <laughs> a lot of the details of what this is about or what's going on. There's definitely a huge amount of public interest in the American chestnut. People still remember them. People love them. People want them. But they do not get the full picture about what's happening with this push to introduce uh, genetically engineered chestnut. And, uh, you know, it's also exceptional in that this is designed with the concept in mind of allowing it and wanting it to spread freely through the forests as opposed to be contained which is what, you know, has always been the case in the past with genetically engineered crops and trees. It's always been an, a, a matter of containing them and preventing contamination with, uh, you know, adjacent or wild uh, or other species. But in this case, the goal is to have these trees spread freely out into the forests and uh, cross-pollinate uh, with any remaining um, pure American chestnuts and 
and chestnuts that are being grown in uh, in the uh, plots that are being developed for hybridization. You know, people who have been working to try to hybridize with Chinese chestnuts to create blight-resistant trees, or people who are growing chestnuts in orchards for seed production, etc. So, um, it's meant to be. It's meant to go out there and just go wild, you know. And that's that's quite unique. But what about uh, the science regarding environmental impact? Uh, Powell's team says, "Hey, this is this is safe." Uh, do you have concerns regarding that? Yes, I, I have a lot of concerns about that. I mean, I think, um, I mean, it, it, first of all, I think it's very likely that it's not going to succeed in the way that they're talking about. So the 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 scenario where this genetically engineered chestnut is is you know going crazy out into the forest is probably not going to happen because it's not going to make it that far <laughs> as for the reasons that I said before. But um, that said, I think we have to acknowledge that it is not possible to do uh, meaningful um, environmental impact statements on a situation like this. First of all, because we don't know enough about forest ecology or even about the chestnut itself um, nor do we know, uh, nor can we predict the future uh, ecolo ecological consequences of climate change and so on on forests. And what we have learned in just the past, um, you know, decade about forest ecology has really changed the way we view forests um, and trees and forest health. Um, understanding better the you know interactions between. Uh, fungi and trees and uh, mycorrhizae and understanding better the impacts of uh, changing climate and ecological communities and communication amongst different organisms in the forest and seeing it in a much more systemic way. And we don't know enough uh, and we should have the humility to acknowledge that we don't know enough to anticipate what would need to be evaluated in an, in an uh, environmental impact statement. And whatever we would evaluate now could shift dramatically in the coming years because of the consequences of climate change on, on forests. There will be a public comment period soon um, regarding uh, the uh, appeal uh, to the USDA by Powell and his team to have unregulated status. Just in short, why should people care? Why should people participate uh, in uh, this uh, public comment period? Well, I mean, this is the first time that a, a forest tree species has been engineered and not only um, with the intention of um, having it spread freely out into the forest. So really, if you are concerned about how biotechnology has played out in the context of agricultural crops, which, you know, has not worked out <laughs> quite as planned. Um, we have, instead of, you know, feeding the world, we have sprayed the world with ever higher doses of Roundup and, and BT crops and so on. Um, so the promises of, of biotechnology for our agricultural crops uh, should serve as a warning and uh, and we should recognize that if we care about forests, we need to um, you know we need to step up now and and participate in this really precedent setting 
uh, case. And we need to be really aware of the fact that this is being used as a PR tool for a biotechnology, a tree biotechnology industry that is mostly looking at developing, you know, commercial applications for pulp industry and for biofuels. And that's what's waiting in the wings here. Um, if this chestnut gets approved, um, we will very likely open the flood gates to uh, a whole lot of other um, biotechnology applications to forest tree species. What's what's the larger picture uh, for Biofuel Watch regarding this? Well, there have been a lot of proposals and, and even, you know, startup companies that have been looking to use wood as a, a feedstock for, for um, liquid biofuels. And there's subsidies and supports that would really favor that could if they were able to make it commercially viable. It hasn't been they haven't been able to make that commercially viable because of the nature of wood basically. And so a lot of the, t- the biotechnology research is, is on changing the, 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 um, the, the, um, the nature of wood and trees, changing the lignin content or otherwise making it possible for uh, microbes to access the sugars and cellulose. And so a lot of the biotechnology research is oriented in that direction or simply producing more wood uh, with the idea that we can burn wood for electricity and power, which is one of the major um, uh, players in, quote, renewable energy these days, which is, you know, coal, coal plants that are burning wood chips and wood pellets in combination with coal or instead of coal, placing, creating a huge, massive demand for wood that is having consequences on our forests in various places in, around the world, including the Southeast United States, where we're shipping wood pellets over to Europe, burning them in power plants, and those power plants are getting massive subsidies for doing that. Uh, supposedly uh, as renewable energy. And this is a mounting concern, and um, and it's a reason why the biotechnology interests are also focusing on engineering trees that just simply grow fast and can be planted in these massive plantations that you can have very short rotations and mechanized harvesting, and, you know, and they can withstand lots of uh, conditions, you know, drought conditions or um, harsh conditions that, that normally they wouldn't experience in, in natural forests um, simply to produce more wood. And that, of course, the pulp industry is interested in that too, as there's ever more demand for paper and pulp uh, and, and timbers. So it's, you know, th- as I said earlier on, the, the bulk of research in biotechnology on forest tree species is focused on commercial and industrial uh, interests, not on, you know, ecological restoration or philanthropic uh, concern. And I hope people step up and participate in the public comment period in whatever way they can. Well, thank you for joining us.